and welcome to episode 36 of Fish Across the Pond, a Miami Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and joining me this week, the full squad is back. Everyone has reported back. Everyone is fit and healthy. The full team is here. Lee Dobbs. Lee? Lee, how are you? I am as good as always, ready for you know, for spring. Good man, Dan the man, in the second spot. Dan, how are you? Yeah, I am very well, thank you, Pete. All ready for spring oh, training. Wow, you're spring, coming through. Spring in my steps. You're coming through really loud. Loud and clear, uh, so mate. What? It's, it's, the, it's the new mic, mate. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've expanded. I've, uh, I've decided to invest. So wow. for this podcast, I've, uh, I've jumped in with a nice new mic for you. I love it, mate. The budget in that Heat UK podcast, heating, <laughs> heating up the UK, is, is crazy, right? <laughs> anyway, yes, yeah. we're going places. Sounds awesome, mate. Sounds awesome. And in, in his rifle spot, he returns. He's been on the paternity list, but he is back. He is looking fresh, fresh-ish. Um, it's Rob Newell. Rob, how are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I think I'm... I'm less ready for spring training and more ready to change some nappies um (laughs) (laughs) but uh we have a we have a a new marlins fan my little son william was born uh in january so um yeah just need some marlins baby grows down no problem mate it's it's on the list don't you worry thank you there we go (laughs) there we go get that merch hooked up um awesome lads it's great to have the full contingent back so you're really excited for this podcast. And as we've already put out on Twitter, this is a positivity podcast. There's there's nothing to be negative about. And there's so much to be positive about. So we're just going to dive into, well, two main topics, lads. The two, the two areas I want to dive into are spring training in particular. Who, who are we excited about? What are we excited about in particular for spring training? And then just looking a little bit further afield for the 2020 season in general, what are we most excited about? What are we, what's, what's kind of getting us hot under the collar, let's say, um, for Marlins baseball? How many wins are we going to get? How many wins over 90 are we going to get? Um, I don't know. You, you boys take it how you want to take it. Um, so that's it, lads. It's going to be rapid fire as such um and only positive vibes and um you know we'll 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 just get stuck straight in there's no there's no better place uh to start than than lee dobbs um lee spring training is is here everyone is in camp as of today um give it to me mate what's i mean let's be totally honest our twitter our Twitter feeds are absolutely blowing up. I don't know about you, but my Twitter feed is is literally on fire. That's mainly because I've got about a thousand new followers since since <laughs> Danny Martinez fired up that that thread on the weekend. But anyway, mate, give it to me. Spring training. What's what's the thing that you're most excited about? Well, now I think I'm after the news today that it looks like uh, Villar Villar is that how we say it now? Villar is going to start, <laughs> uh, you know, in centre field. I mean, interested, interested now to see to see how that goes. So that will, I assume is going to mean that you know Brian Anderson's going to go back to third, which I think we all agree is probably his best you know you know like, you know, you know place to play, you know in the long the long term. So that also opens up 
you know, you know, the right field spot now as well is going to be up for grabs, probably between Cooper, Joyce, you know, Harold Ramirez. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see see the these battles now. You know, in in spring, yeah, you know, we we went in thinking it was just you know your centre field with Brinson, but now you know, you know it, it should be you know, exciting now. Yeah, well, the outfield for sure, mate. There's there's, I mean, you can't get away from the fact that there's about 55 outfielders in yeah. camp. So, um, you know, there's. That's going to be one of the most intriguing, if not the most intriguing, position groups. Let's say that that are battling out. Um, I did spot something else. I just wanted to get your take on um, that just popped up. I think it was either Craig Mish or one of the guys who were there today. But one thing I did see that that, that tickled me: um, <laughs> Jesus Aguilar um, getting some work in, working on some ground balls. You know what it's like early days, working on some ground balls in shortstop. Jesus Aguilar. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see that. I don't know about you. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one, but I, 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 you know, you know, it can't hurt. You know, go, go to try and to try and get in. You know, you know as, as much practice. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh... <laughs> hey, take those reps if you can get them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I can't. I can't see him playing playing there. You know, you know, in the season there. No. No, I'd be, I'd be very. I mean, it would be. It would gone, be a real gone surprise. Gone wrong if you know if he's playing playing there in the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's talk that that Jesus has you know has has been on a an intense diet over yeah. over the winter period. I, I mean, but it's not quite that type of build where he's going to be mobile at shortstop, right? So. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, mate. I'm. I like you found the reports intriguing about VR and the really his first stop is center field. So yeah, I think it was you know, he's only played is it eight eight games there I think in his career so far. So you know it's interesting to see how he goes you know out there yeah. on a full time basis. Yeah, and if I'm it is intrigued. you know, you know, you know full time as well. I mean how. Yeah, we 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 see how how long they they, they will keep with it. Because we, we saw yeah. last year when when Anderson started off in third and then then ended up in right anyway again. So uh, it can change. Yeah. I I just think with with VR in particular that he's he's the best player now and he's going to play every day. So I'm not convinced he'll be the everyday starter at centre field, but I think that they're just. They're putting him there. You know, we know we can work at shortstop, right? But I, I think in the back of their minds, they're thinking, if we need him at centre field, let's make sure he's prepared. So I'm not convinced that he will be there every day. But they're doing, you know, they're doing everything they can to make sure he's ready to rock and roll. If they decide we want his bat in the lineup and the centre field options, you know, aren't aren't ideal. So. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm with you on that. Coming next to Mr. Positive himself, Dan the Man, new mic and all. It's, I mean, that mic is shining, mate. Um, <laughs> what other, other than your uh, all the podcasts that you've got lined up, mate? What are you most excited about for the next few weeks? Oh, there's there's so much I'm excited for this year. I'm really. I think mainly the, the I think the main thing is like the next step. 
the, the progression that the, the Marlins are going to make. Um, there, there's suddenly a a lot of depth. Uh, we've I think we've addressed a lot of the areas that we needed to. Um, I think that the, the, as I said, there's there's a new bit of there's a new vibe around. There's like it, it, suddenly we've got a lot of pop. We've got a lot. There's a lot of positivity around. There is competition throughout the whole roster now, all the way through, and that's something that maybe we haven't had in a few years. Um, it was quite a bit stale and it was the, the, the depth wasn't great. The, the farm system is a top 10 now across the league. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what happens in spring training. We've got, you know, the likes of you know, all, well, all the new guys that have come in. I'm really excited to see, you know, VR and Aguilar and uh, and Dickerson. And I want to see, like, as I said, I want to see our, our young guys. I want to see Sixto. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring maybe to, to spring training. Um, I just I think there's there's a lot a, a real lot to be uh, to put to be positive around and um, I mean even uh, I see something it might have been yesterday I mean have you seen how trim Alfaro looks Yeah you know, in, in, I mean just like even like a catcher you know to it suddenly you know he's suddenly looking like he, he really means business this year so I think that um, yeah across the board I'm really really looking forward to it I think that it's really exciting what you said about earlier with uh, with with centre field. And VR, I, I I don't know where that maybe leave Brinson. I really hope that that brings out good competition there uh, to see what happens with him and Lewis Brinson. So uh, that's an exciting thing to see what happens in spring training. But yeah, really, um, really positive. Really looking forward to, to seeing what happens here. Oh, mate, you're right to call out Alfaro. I don't know if you saw my tweet yesterday, but there was yeah. a picture of him knocking around, and he just he just looked a bad man. Bad, bad man. He looks a bad man anyway, let alone now that he's yeah. trim. He's trim. I mean, he looks ready oh. to go. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Alfaro, yes. Full Wolverine, just beast mode. I don't know, blend of the two. Just awesome. He looks Yeah. He looks in shape. I'm Alfaro. Uh, let's, just, let's just stop a second on Alfaro. I just need to touch upon this um l- last year he-, he came in started well i felt settled in well and the power was for real no doubt about it then there was times when we were starting to have that conversation like is alfaro the future like we had some legitimate concerns strikeout rate was was too high um but is could alfaro could he be the breakout player this year for the Marlins? I know. Well, the answer is obviously yes, but do you think he will be? Uh, yeah, I think I think that um, I think he was uh, he was he was better than what I thought he was probably going to be last year. I think he was a nice little surprise. He did tail off a little bit towards the end. I think he started really really well, um, but I, I love. I, I always feel quite comfortable. I, I feel really like happy when I see him coming up to the plate because I just feel like he's you I give he, he gives you a bit more excitement than probably probably any other player in our roster when I see him step up maybe maybe Garrett Cooper might have something to say about that last season because he was brilliant as well but um I, I always I'm really happy when I see when I see um Alfaro step up so I think he could you know he, he seems to I've taken it seriously this year. It's, it's, it, we, we need to look another step for progression to come back in that sort of shape, you know, before spring training arrives, I think is a real good sign and that will feed through to the rest of the team that, you know, that's someone who means business. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that 
I was uh, that really made me sort of take notice that that tweet to see him come up looking as sharp as he did already. And um, I'll be I'll be um, I'll be looking forward to seeing what he produces uh, spring training. But I, I, yeah, to answer your question, definitely he could be our, uh, uh, our our hot pick this year. Yeah, I lo- I love Alfaro this year. Like yeah. I just I have that feeling that he's going to piece it together and maybe hitting what six seven in the lineup. The top of the lineup's already done some damage. Alfaro's you know strolling to the plate. Pitch is already sweating. You know, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Alfaro excites me. The picture that was put up yesterday excited me. Just it looked a yeah. bad man. So, right then, Rob Newell in the cleanup spot. Where else? Um, Spring's already here. Your your life's been going by in a in a whirlwind, a flash the last month or so. But um, other than night feeds, what are you what are you most excited about for the next few weeks, mate? Um, It's the rotation um, because uh, this is the first season. In, I really can't remember. I was trying to think of this as I, I was travelling back uh, later on the, this afternoon, thinking, when was the last time we had such a competitive battle to to that top five rotation? And I really can't think back. I think you're going back to sort of 2012. And um, if you think about it, we've got Caleb, Sandy, Yamamoto, Duggar, uh, Alicia Hernandez, Lopez, Urania, Nick Nider, and then knocking on the door in the 40-man areas, Sixto, Jordan Holloway, Jorge Guzman, Edward Cabrera. Now, you could say with, with maybe those latter four, you would expect them to be with Wichita. But even so, even if you discount those, you've still got a heck of a competition ahead. So out of those names that I said before, we went through like Sixto and, and, and the others who could be in Wichita, you've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players battling for five spots um, and that's going to be really really interesting to see who gets those spots especially if you think about it that the, it's now been announced that actually they don't want Urania in the bullpen which sounds quite yeah. a common sense approach um, considering you know I know he was injured last year and they gave him a go but this was a guy who had a complete game who was our uh, you know opening day pitcher for the last two seasons so yeah. um, and the other thing is is that I beyond maybe Sandy, I struggled to really piece the rest of that together. I couldn't really tell you because even the stronger players out of that lot, such as Caleb, was injured, come back, wasn't the same player. Pablo Lopez, he's injuries, you never quite know. It takes a while for him to get back into things again. Um, you had uh, Yamamoto and Robert Duggar, quite a good surprises actually, you know, especially Yamamoto, a massive surprise. Can they keep it up for another season? Nick Nider looks uh, a, a real, real, real good potential person. If he has a really good spring training, would they leave him out of the five man? It's um, it's going to be really, really exciting, and that's the bit I think everyone should, all the Marlins fans should be really be watching over the uh, the next few weeks because the yes, there's the outfield battle. There's the you know the the ongoing you're talking about VR and whether it could be outfield or infield. You know there's always going to be a moving feast all the way through the season with injuries and everything. Um, the, I think the competition's really in, in the, the the rotation. Yeah, yeah, I, and the the quality and the depth I think is what you, what you highlighted, Rob. And there's 
there's some serious talent knocking around there in that in that rotation or the guys who were knocking on the door. Um, Lee, I just want to come to you quickly, mate, just as a quick follow-up. Uh, Jose Arena, um, he's, you know, you, you you looked into the crystal ball last year and, and saw him as the closer. Uh, yeah, I think, didn't quite you work. know, <laughs> you called it, you called it, mate. I mean, but it didn't work. So we right. go back to, we go back to looking at the rotation as a starter. Are you, do you see, or what's the scale of one to 10? the likelihood Arania makes the the rotation to start the season? Nine. Ooh. Quite quite high on it, I think. I think if they've kept him in, in the rotation, unless, obviously, he might get traded, maybe the only other... I think if, if he makes the team, then, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be in, you know, in the, ro- the, the rotation. I think, as Rob said, he's... Outside Sandy, he's probably going to be the most reliable, you know, one who you can count on, you know, to, yeah. to like deliver, you know, six innings every game. I know he, I mean, he, he too has has been injured, you know, as well. But you know, you know he's been around longer. You know, I, I trust him more. As you say, the others, you know, Yamamoto is still young. Obviously, it's only his only his second season. Dugger, like saying, he only had a few starts last year. So yeah, I, I think if yeah, I, I I'd say he will make the rotation. He won't be the opening day starter, you know, for this season. But yeah, I, I I'm quite high on him go going going back, you know, into the five. Yeah. Who do we think is going to be opening day starter? By the way, guys. Sandy, I think. I think I think yeah. Sandy. Yeah. Yeah, barring disaster, Sandy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah me too. Me too. Um, guys, when I look back on. There's some interesting names here. 2017 rotation. Actually, I think this is, was a pro, was a projected rotation for 2017. Um, I think this shows maybe how far we've come. Edinson Volquez, Wei Yin Chen, Dan Straley, Tom Kohler, Adam Conley, or Arania, or Justin Nicolino. So that was the fifth man battle at the time, was Adam Conley, Jose Arania, or Justin Nicolino. Um with a lineup, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not gonna. That didn't. That didn't frighten anyone, um, for sure. And they tried yeah, to fix that. With I just fair to say we moved on. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, um, guys, can I can I just t- briefly just touch upon Yamamoto? And this is a positive podcast, so I, I'm not gonna dwell on it too long. I'm just gonna add in there. For some reason, I'm slightly concerned. I don't know why. I just he started brilliant last year, and then I don't know. It was I'm I'm undecided. Let's say on on yams. Mm-hmm. So I'm just intrigued to see how he kicks on and what he brings this season. Um, after you know we had a real quick rise last year. Yeah, delivered some brilliant starts against the Cardinals to get himself you know off and running. But then it was quite up and down after that. So. I'm intrigued to see how his season pans out. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts on Yamamoto, whether you you may agree or disagree on that one. I I, I'd say he's probably got the shortest sort of leash, whereas, you know, mm-hmm. you know once six toe is ready or something you know, like that, he may be the one that, that will get, get taken out, you know, the, you know, like the rotation to fill up the spot. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I think that... Um... 
I think with Yamamoto, as as you said, he, he burst onto the scene and he, he started off so well. But what I found when he did play is he always seemed to have a really slow start or he had a, he had a tough start and he was relying on um, our batting non-power to try and get some sort of response from his bad start. And quite often that wouldn't happen because that wasn't our strength. And therefore he, w- he would struggle when he'd come out relatively early. So... I think that was uh, after his electric start where he burst onto the scene. That was his trouble that I noticed on a lot of his games. So I think it's a valid shout. I think that what Lee just said there is right. I think that um, he's probably he's probably the, the first one to be maybe in danger if things don't go our way early on. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Just to round off, mate, you brought the rotation to the mix. I, I you agree on that I'm one on Yams? Hi- I'm higher on Yamamoto, actually. I, I like his... I think just because he's not a flamethrower doesn't mean that, you know, yeah, he doesn't have the velocity. But you remember, he stepped up from double A in straight up into the big leagues. He's, he hasn't really had any triple A experience at all. And that was impressive. And I think he started so well. That was, you know, you can't think about two games, two seven innings, no runs, you know, and runs. It was it's exceptional. And so it was always going to be a slight dip down after that. Um, but I like his big range of pitches and that he is unpredictable and I think that then negates the need to to be very very you know have a a, a flame throwing fastball um so I'm I'm quite high on him strangely enough um what I want to see in spring training is is the ingredients that that some of these other pitches are going to to bring in to try and get one of those top five places I think it's going to you talk about positivity I do think Caleb will will have a good spring training Sandy I think definitely will because I think he's a star um but I think Yamamoto um and Lopez, Urania, they're all going to be fighting for it. They're all going to be trying to show that they've got something a little bit different because if they don't, Robert Duggar will take the place or Nick Nider will step up or even, you know, at some point during the season, as you said, Sixto will go in there. So I think it'll be, it'll be, they'll be trying everything they can to, to be that all-round pitcher rather than just relying on their two sort of main pitches. So that's where Yamamoto, I think, may have that key because he does have those extra pitches in his, in his, uh, in his locker. Yeah, awesome. Nicely, nicely summarised, mate. Um, just, just to finish off, it's it's always right for us just to circle back on the Yelich trade and just to check in on that and work out who won and who lost. <laughs> um, and just to to recap on that, that trade was Brinson, Isan Diaz, Monte Harrison, and Jordan Yamamoto. I mean, okay, Yelich is a superstar, no doubt about it. But um, if we end this season with a Jordan Yamamoto in the you know mid to bottom half of the rotation, having delivered a, a nice season. Isan Diaz breaks out hugely at second base. Monte Harrison claims his rightful spot maybe in center field, or Lewis Brinson does, one of the two. Um, and you end up with three major leaguers, average to above average major leaguers. Um, all of a sudden, for me, the... The balance is, you know, the equilibrium is, you know, is getting there, let's say. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't want to dwell on it, you know, it's, but it's a positive podcast. I'm, I'm feeling more positive about the trade. And equally, I think that's because I feel like the Brewers are literally like looking over the edge of the cliff to a conundrum. Um, I'm not going to go as far, you know, as, as Rob last year saying that the Nats were dead. 
But <laughs> great prediction that was, wasn't it? They're not quite as dead as the gnats, but hey ho, get your money on the brewers now at thirty to one. Um, you know, make make you know make it rain as they say. Um all right, cool. Guys, um just just on, on spring training. For me, what's exciting is um, my, and I'm only going to spend a, a minute on this, but what's excited me so far is just seeing a the spring training jerseys in the sun. They are looking flames, absolute flames. So the the, the Marlins need to find out a way to wear them during the season because they they are the nuts. Um, that's the first thing. And equally, I'm just getting really excited about these little batting practice videos that just keep popping up, like. All of a sudden, we had one of Isan Diaz just taking huge cuts. Next thing is Jesus Sanchez. Just saw a video of him. It was 45-second clip. The dude was, he swings so hard, so hard. If you haven't seen Jesus Sanchez bat before, see if you can find that on, on Twitter now. It was one of, you know, Craig Mish or someone's putting it up there. The dude swings hard. So, exciting. I mean, because I'm... I haven't seen much of Jesus Sanchez or Jazz Chisholm or, you know, Lewin Diaz, any of the guys we really traded for. So, um, you know, that's, that's my bit. It's just to see maybe the guys who are knocking on the door and just seeing what they bring. That's for me, the exciting bit, because I think even this year, we're not going to be in contention in all likelihood. So you just want to see those guys kick on and see what they've got to offer. So that's spring training guys. Um, that's, halfway through the pod. I just want you boys now just to look further ahead. Spring training has come and gone. We are wearing spring training jerseys, the blue, the thunder blue in the season, you know, whatever. All position battles are settled. But I just want to hear from you boys. What what are you excited to see? What, what intrigues you most about the 2020 season in general from a Marlins perspective? I'll, I'll come back to you, Lee, just to start it off, mate, because you're brilliant in the lead-off spot. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, as Dan touched upon before, it's just seeing the like, you know, you know, the development of the young the young players still, still, you know, you know, coming. I mean, we like Sam, we're probably not going to be challenging, you know, for like wild cards or things like that. So, so it's just going to going to be good to see to see the players coming along again, you know. Go like one more step along the like process to 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 get into what to where to where we want to be. I think this year, no like saying the aim is probably going to be seven, you know, seventy wins. Hopefully, so I'm just I'm just excited to see that to see a see a, a team who set out to win, you know, yeah, for the first time in a few years, and you know, and hopefully we we should hit some more some more home runs. You know, the the, the fences are closer. You know, yeah. we got more. We got some more. You know, exciting players. You know, the rotation's going. He's going. He's going to be strong. So yeah, I'm, mm. I'm just excited. You know, you know, in general, to just to just to see us take take the next step. Yeah, I think that's fair. Man. I think that's a really really good point because the way this roster is now constructed, it is a level above what we had last year, mm. no doubt about it. And I think. If we end 2020 with our season wins total, not at least starting with a seven, I feel like 
whether it's publicly shared or not, I feel like that would be seen as a as a disappointing season if it didn't start with a seven, at least, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, let me just... Uh, you talked about home runs. The fences are in. You talked about home run lineup. Listen to this lineup. If you... You know when you, you scroll through and you select a lineup based on what you're looking for? You're looking for speed. Are you looking for on base? If you're looking for max power, here it is. Alfaro behind the plate, no doubt about it. Jesus Aguilar at first base. 2018, Jesus Aguilar is back. Triple A, Isan Diaz is there. VR is VR, best player. Anderson, he kicks on again. Same player as last year. Dickerson, pop. Brinson, finds his head, finds his stroke, delivers. And Garrett Cooper in right field. I mean, there is pop. I think, you know, there's no other way to say it. That is serious pop. Am I right or am I right? That's good. Bombs away. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, you've just named this podcast. Thank you for that. (laughs) that. (laughs) I love it. I love that. Awesome. Right down the man. How can you follow that one up? Um, there's, There's plenty of ways you can go, but give it to me. 2020. Boys, Boys. You, you've 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 nailed it. I mean, that's uh, that team you've just said there is is better than what we've had. That's the bottom line. That's it's better than last year. The even, when you look at last year, last year was better than the team we had in the first year, in my opinion, the first year of the process. Yet we started so terribly, so absolutely ice cold that all we was doing after then was trying to play catch up, and we did to an extent. This year, I think that. The um, where it was, it was immediate to see where we was struggling. You know, we didn't have any any real firepower. Uh, the pitching was fine; there was no problem with that. But we just couldn't get anything off the bat. I think that's been massively addressed. I think the competition for places is really exciting. We've got a really good top ten farm system now. Um, I think that, as you said, anything other than a a seven in front is is will be deemed as a bad season. I think we should be targeting. A, a 0.500 season. I don't see it happening, but we should be targeting that. So you know that that's what the that's what the organisation should be looking at. It's the next stage of the process. We're not challenging, but that's how we should be looking at it. And I think that we've done everything really that we, we we've addressed all situations. That the, uh, I think that it, the, the whole competition for places now makes it a really exciting season. If we get a couple of injuries, doesn't matter. There's some people, someone there to come and fill the void. So, in whole, in in the in the uh, in the um, wisdom of this positivity uh, <laughs> podcast, then we, we've addressed it. I think that this is going to be uh, another step. I think we're, we're looking we're looking good. I think what anything, as I said, 0.500 or around that area is is the uh, is the way forward for us. Oof, big. Big mate, you know that's that's eighty one wins, right? Eighty one. Yep. But that's got to be the target, Pete. It that's might not target, happen. Yeah. It can't. It might not happen. But we've got to reach it. We got. We got. We got to give something for them to reach for. And I think that that's not unachievable. That's not unachievable. That's not pie in the sky. That's a target that is achievable. It can happen. Yeah. Okay. Quick follow up. If we have a an eighty one win season. Which which player will be 
the Marlins MVP. Not of the league, but just within the Marlins. So, which, which could you see one player being the key to that? Or is it not as simple as that? It's probably not as simple as that, but you, you'd look at the obvious answers. Dickerson, I think I think I will see good things again from Anderson this year. I think that, and and our new very very trim catcher in Alfaro. Yeah, I like it. I like it, mate. Good, good. So I'll put you down for eighty-one wins for the uh, the preseason Go predictions, right? <laughs> you down. I mean that that's that's ten less than what Rob had last year, if I remember correctly. So. <laughs> 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 all right awesome rob newell 2020 uh give it to me mate what's what are you excited for yeah so so last year i thought we could get 70 i was a bit higher than we should be and that was on the basis that i thought one or two teams might implode because of the intense competition and break it down of course that never ever happened and of course the nats went on to win the world series um the, and then i said the following year we would be a 500 team so i'm with dan I, I still think that is the target and the impressive thing this year is that they really have addressed that so we do have strength and depth everywhere it's not the fact that we've got you know we're having to call up some players from AAA on a whim or trade away like we did at the end of uh around spring training uh, sorry um, uh, the all-star break time we were, we were starting to then trade away players because it wasn't worth it. We were never going to finish fourth. So let's try and get some value out of these players. I, I think we could be knocking on the door of those teams. And I said it last year that we could finish fourth. Um, and I do believe we could not finish fifth this time round. Um, oh, 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 that's, it, that's different though. That's different. Hold on. Yeah. Are you saying we're going to finish third? I, I think... Uh, let me get spring training out of the way and excite the spring training. <laughs> Especially considering last uh, spring training last season, we had a 0.536 average, which would have got us to 86 wins if that had continued in the regular season. But uh, the, the bit we missed there, we also had the uh, lowest run scored as well out of everybody else. But um, And that was the key. Uh, if you looked at it last year, our spring training was amazing. We had 11 wins in a row, but we were not hitting many runs. We were not giving away many. So that should have given us the key that actually our rotation is actually pretty sorted, but we're really struggling in one area. I think we'll come out of this spring training with, with both sort of metrics inflated. And with that, that's where you're kind of thinking, right, actually, is this a four-team league or is this now a five-team league? I look down at the, the Mets at the moment and they've not done a lot. I look down at the the Nationals, they've lost Rendon, and I know they're still, you know, in theory, the best team out there. Well, I'm not 100% sure they are now. I look at the Braves, I look at uh, the, the, the Phillies' enormously expensive squad, and I look, I look at it and think, are all of these seriously going to be competing for 90-odd wins? Maybe not. So... I think we're going to upset the apple cart. The other thing is a lot of these predictions that um, uh, have been coming through from experts and pundits have been saying, oh, the Nationals will get 90-something wins, the Braves will get 90-something wins, you know. And they go, and you think, well, if that's the case, then the interleague play must be a complete whitewash every time. That anyone we play someone out of the division, it must be a, 
uh, a, a walkover every time. They, they, but it won't be the case. Someone does have to slip up. And I don't think it's going to be us. I think we are going to be the ultimate banana skin. So I'm with it. I'm, I'm with that 500. I'm excited this season to see the strength of our squad and, um, and how we can upset some of these teams. Because I don't think this year in the NLE, it's still going to be the strongest division, I think, in the, all, all of our MLB. But I, I think we, we've got a, a bit more strength to upset the Apple Cup. So your answer your question, do I think we could get third? Maybe, but it's very early in the season. And be careful of my over-positivity, which I've shown last season. <laughs> Go on, Rob. That's, that has just got me psyched up. That is, that is brilliant. He's ready now. <laughs> oh, right. I want it to start right now. <laughs> Roll on. Uh, that sorry, day. sorry. I was I was distracted then. Sorry, I was just booking flights to Miami then. As you, as you, got, you had me that, was, that was a battle cry. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! I'm ripping off my shirt and everything here. I don't know what's going on in this, in this booth. Fire in the booth. Here. I've been saving this up for a couple of weeks now because obviously I haven't I haven't been on the last couple of pods, so it's all, all been building up. This is really? it, mate. This is it. Awesome. So there we go. We've got we've got the Marlins winning. 101 games <laughs> uh, winning the division. I mean, you know, let's uh, actually let's not fast forward to 2021. Let's let's stay in the present, shall we? Um, we'll save that for next year. I I think an unbelievable season this year will be if we can keep the lineup I just mentioned earlier on. If that lineup can play mostly most of the season and the rotation stays healthy. And we can win between 70 and 80 games with that lineup, leaving the guys to just keep the farm to keep kicking on and not rush anyone crazily. And we can go into 2021 near enough to 500 in the previous season, but with even more recruits joining in and some money, more money thrown at it. Holy shit. The Marlins in 2021. It could, this podcast will be daily. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> It will be a daily pod, and there will be the Marlins UK fan account will have 10,000 followers, and it may even be a TV show by that time. It may be, it may be crazy. So, who knows, guys? I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Um, but my, my thing, my, what I'm looking forward to most in 2020, I think, is. Just more wins, guys, because there's going to be more. This roster, this team is just much better. You just, there's no other way to say it. It's just a much better team. I know there's a couple of risks in there. You need 2018 Aguilar. You need VR to settle. You need Isan Diaz to, you know, actually make more contact. Um, you know, you need Corey Diggerson to, to be what he's supposed to be. You know, there's a lot of unknowns in there, but. The lineup looks so exciting compared to what it has been. So it's going to be awesome. We are, I'm going to say it right now, guys. I'm going to throw it out there. We're going to be 500 or better against the Braves. Yep. 500 or better against the Braves this year. We're going to burst their bubble. They're going to finish third in the division. How about that? How about that? I'll take it. We'll cheers to that. Yeah. Well, actually, just give you know, we always like to diversify on this podcast. 
Dan, just give us a quick wine review of what you're drinking there, just so just so all the listeners can can savour it. What are you on there, mate? Yeah, well, um, I, I normally always have a little tipple when we're when we're recording, and um, I normally have a crate or so of wine, always on on <laughs> on a. Uh, on like ready for us ready to go but um i went there this, this afternoon and there was nothing left so i'm on the wife's uh i'm on the wife's rosé or as uh as pete likes to call it the uh, rosé urania so uh i'm on the uh zim vandel tonight which isn't the greatest thing but uh it will do <laughs> i love it mate what that says to me is a you've been doing way too many podcasts firstly <laughs> yes, because your true. wine crate is empty this is treated. true how often how often are you doing these heat podcasts, mate? They must be they must be daily. Well, no, not the quiet, not at the moment. It's just uh, yeah, especially at All Star Break, we've shown at the minute. But they're ticking along. They're ticking along. Good man, good, good. And I love the rose, the rose uranias. I love that. <laughs> um, I, I'm on, I'm on my favourites. My it's the Lathwaite's favourite. If you haven't had it, I, I strongly recommend it. It's it's black and it's deep, but it's called the Black Stump. From Leithwaite's. It's a... Sounds potent. Sounds northern. <laughs> it, does. it does, mate. It's it's an Aussie it's an Aussie Shiraz um, called the Black Stump. It's an absolute beast. I've had sixteen bottles delivered today just in time for spring training. So good man, good man. You know, deal with that. Do with that as you can. Um, right, boys. Um, that's forty minutes of positivity. Um, I'm absolutely pumped. I hope the listeners are pumped on this. It's going to be an awesome season. We're speaking like we're about to win the World Series here. So, um, you know, maybe we should end it there. However, just some news and notes. And it's mainly just a follow-up from last podcast two weeks ago. Um, when we recorded um, your your man, Kihada, Dan, um, <laughs> yes. was... Uh, <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> had been had been DFA'd. <laughs> and Harlan and Marlin, both of the boys were DFA'd. We were expecting some some movement on on at least Harlan. We're expecting a trade. Uh, in the end, it didn't happen. No trades were made. Um, <clears throat> for me, I feel that is the first slight mistake that has been made on Harlan. I felt like there should have been a return, um, but obviously we couldn't make it happen. And uh, he was claimed he's gone to the Giants as Harlan the Marlin. And Kihada, we won't have to say his name anymore, or that often anyway, has gone to the Angels. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. The Angels, yeah. So wish the boys well. Um, Harlan pitched well last year, but I guess when you look at it, you know, he was up and down. And, um, you know, the Marlins obviously fancied Tarpoli. In, in that kind of role. And, you know, we, we moved on from Harlan. We couldn't make a deal for a trade. A little bit disappointed on that. I felt like there should be some value there, but hey-ho, we couldn't get it done. Um, but let's not finish on that. Let's let's finish just again, just news and note element. We've got to finish on FanFest because none of us were there, unfortunately. We don't live close enough to make that happen. But from what I saw on Twitter, guys, FanFest looked mm-hmm. awesome in terms of what the Marlins made available. So in terms of the, the accessibility of the players, um, the type of stuff they had going on, but more importantly, the amount of people that turned up to it. There was Marlins Park had people queuing around the corner outside. 
digest that for a second. They had people queuing outside to get in. So, you know, that, that for me, we're sitting here pumped. And the fans in Florida, Miami, are pumped. Everyone's pumped because the lineup's exciting. The organization is doing everything right. You know, the, the owners are out talking the talk, hyping it as well. I mean, guys, awesome. Awesome signs. Um, have I missed anything? No, I think, yeah, it's just spot on with that. I thought FanFest was just looked absolutely incredible. I've never seen, like, the stadium just looked incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, I, just, I just can't, I, I, like, for me who's going there, I'm going to be there for opening day, when I saw, like, they was doing the interviews for um, uh, uh, GTA and all that, they was interviewed, like, the people with fans were uh, asking them questions, and where they were mm-hmm. sitting was exactly where I'm going to be sitting. And I looked out and I thought, oh, my God, I just can't wait to get there. It's just, it looks... It just it, it it looks brilliant. They've, it's another thing that the organisation should be really proud of the way they've transformed that ballpark, um, and that's only going to keep transpiring through to the fans. So uh, give yourself a good stadium, get a good team, which we're building, and it's only going to go one way. It's brilliant, really. I'm really really excited to to see how much everyone was enjoying themselves at FanFest. Yeah, awesome. Anything final for you boys? That's just just similar thoughts, really. You know, it, it was just good good to see you know for your fans there, and we just have to hope that come the season, you know, you know that they all turn up again, because that's I think that that's obviously the one thing that that you know, you know we, we we must improve is to get is to get the fans in, and hopefully we, you, know, you know this team will be you know exciting enough you know, you know to do that. Yeah, agreed, mate. I mean, it's built it's built to entertain, right? You know, this bombs away is built to entertain. The fences are in, which basically means there's a little bit more drinking space in, you know, in, in, in Bud Alley or whatever it may be. I don't know. Plenty of space for Dan to, to get his feet up or whatever he's going to be doing on his deck chair out there. <laughs> but, I mean, the team's built to entertain. You've got a rotation stuff full of talent. You've got a lineup that that hits bombs one to nine, including the pitcher. Um, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun team. I'm I'm excited for it. Final word from you, Rob Newell. Clean up, clean up away. Yeah, the the fan fest attendance was a lot lot higher than the previous year, showing that 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 the fans are really really buying into this. They can see that it's the excitement's there. They see they're really really are building this team from the foundation upwards from the farm system and some of these players starting to come through and they're really excited they're excited to see some of these traits for for players that who right from last year you never thought you'd have got a dickinson or or a br or anyone like that so you know the fans are buying into this and i sometimes look back at uh you know seasons gone past especially around sort of the 2012 season onwards, then when sort of Stanton and, and, and Yelich and Azuna started to come through. And some of the crowds you used to get at those days, I was there in 2012 against the Colorado Rockies. Uh, at that point, it was uh, it was almost getting to a, a, a nothingness season because they, they were sort of, sort of midway. They didn't look like they were going to get any further. But... Massive crowd there. Stanton hit a grand slam. The noise that when he when he hit it was immense. 
you know, the roof was closed and all the rest of it. And it was a real, real buzz about the place. And it went. It completely went. Even when Stanton was aiming to hit those 60 home runs, there was no one there. And it's because the whole foundation, they, they knew it doesn't matter who you had, this was never going to be a successful team. I think the fans are now buying into that, you know, this could be a really successful team. The foundation's being built. They're getting the players in. It's going to be fun. Even if the Marlins are getting thrashed, I'm still going to have a good time at the ballpark. I'm still going to go and get my beers and hot dog and have a good laugh down on the Budweiser Terrace. You know, I'm still going to hear the band playing all, uh, along on a, or was it a Friday or Saturday night. Um, and all the, the other different, you know, bark in the park, bring your dog and all the other bits and pieces. Bring Those nights where they, the, each area of Miami, they, they invite a community, whether it be the Cuban community, you know, or any other Latin American community in there. They're really, really engaging with that area and it's paying off. So that was where that, that, that increase in FanFest you saw. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that the attendances, we're not going to be averaging around 10,000. I hope it steps up. And, mm. you know, even if we're at like 15,000 average attendance, then that will make a big difference to the noise, a big difference to the players. Do you remember there was the uh, University of Miami had a day where they came to one game, I can't remember what it was. There's about sort of 20 odd thousand in there, 25,000, whatever it was. The, the the atmosphere, the players said it, Martin Prado was saying it, saying how exceptional it was to play in front of a big crowd who are really, really rooting for you, not in a crowd of, you know, five to 10,000 people, half of which are supporting the other team. So, you know, this, this, this looks like it's the momentum is working and, and, and is going in the, in the right direction. Agreed. Rob, I think that that's the test, right, for this year? That's, that's it. It's, will the fans come? The, the front office has been building it, and will they come? I, I, if FanFest is anything to go by, then they will. Mm-hmm. And time will tell. I, I, hope, I hope they do. And, um, you know, if they do, they'll be treated to some, some good action. Um, Dan the Man will be there. Just, just to check, mate, you're doing two games? You're doing the first two? Is that right? Yes. Opening yes. day and... Yeah, opening yeah. day and then, the, uh, and then the following day. So a nice um, afternoon game for opening day and then uh, second game is, is an evening game. So I get the best best of both worlds there. So yeah, for opening day, I'm right behind, well, just off, of, right behind the, uh, the Marlins bench, um, about half a dozen or so rows back. So really good position there. And then second game, I'm somewhere out in the outfield where I'll do a bit of a Walking around and go and see what uh, what else is happening around uh, the the uh, the alternation alley and so on. So uh, I'll do a bit of wandering, but yeah, it's going to be um, brilliant. I just can't wait, can't wait to get there. Awesome, mate. I'm excited for you, mate. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. And if if you can make it there, mate, then there's no other excuses accepted from anyone else. So <laughs> get your asses to the park and enjoy it, right, guys. We're, we're bang out of time. Um, that's been fun. It's great to have the full contingent back, lads. Um, for the listeners, um, a few little notes just to just to round up on. We will switch back to weekly now. Now the the action returns. Uh, the Marlins are back in action from Saturday. Spring training starts for the Marlins on Saturday, so we will be back with our weekly pods. Uh, you know, all being well moving forwards. Um, I'm also working on getting at least one special guest um, for each episode 
uh, to, to to kind of add on to the pods and join us and, and, and talk some more Marlins baseball. So stay tuned for that. We'll no no spoilers right now, but you know there's a, there's a few people already committed um, to joining us. So some really great guests. Going to add some just some great insight because these guys are are already there in in camp, seeing the players up close and personal. So really intrigued to to hear what they've got to say about how the players are looking, how they're sounding. You know what's the general vibe, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So stay tuned for that, guys. Um, I want to thank everyone who's um, got the Marlins UK account to uh, over a thousand followers. I mean, yeah, we're not in it for the followers, but even so, it's nice to to hit a milestone and get into quadruple digits, so to speak. So thanks to everyone. I hope you're enjoying uh, the content from that account. And equally, <clears throat> I hope everyone's still enjoying the podcast. We're committed to it. Um, the lads are, are still in the same lineup again. Uh, we're getting better. We're enjoying it. So, you know, boys, I thank you as always. Uh, I'm excited for the season where, you know, our goal, the goal of this podcast, I, I haven't spoke to you about this right now, lads, but, you know, I'm putting it out there. The goal of this podcast is that at some point, the four of us record live in Marlins Park. So there you go. That's our goal at some point. And maybe we appear on the big screen while we do it in Marlins Park. There you go. That is the, the goal of this pod. Um, right, boys, let's finish up there. We will be back very, very soon uh, next week. In the meantime, well, by the time we speak, some spring training will have been played. We'll be able to start to digest some actual on-field action. So I'm excited for that. Lewis Brinson would have hit five home runs by this point. Um, Alfaro would have hit 10. Yeah, everything's <laughs> going to be looking rosy. So, boys... Thank you for your time. Thanks to the listeners. Episode 36, in the books, bombs away.